But I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we normally do. Lift your Bibles up. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you, are you ready? All right. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, just lift your Bibles up with me this morning. Uh, how many of you read your Bible uh, last week? At least one day last week. Hallelujah. Amen. At least one day. Amen. So this week, shoot for seven days. See if you can graduate from one to seven. Amen. Come on. Say, this is God's word, not Pastor Omar's word. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are opened. And I better not go to sleep. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. All right, let's look at Romans uh, 13. Just stand with me. Romans 13. All right, let's look at Romans 12, sorry, verse 6. It says, God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. Amen. God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. Hebrews 13, 21 says, May the God of peace equip you with every good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Your word is truth. We ask that by the spirit of the living God that you would fill our hearts with the truth of your word. That God, we will apply your word and see real life change in the name of Jesus. God, we pray that you will equip us to be witnesses for you. Lord God, so we will fulfill the great commission. We will go into all the world and make disciples of all men baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them the things that you have taught us, knowing that you will be with us until the end of days. Lord God, that is your promise, and we thank you for that. So open our eyes this morning to see your truth and open our ears to hear your voice, our minds to understand your word, and our hearts to receive everything you have in store for us. We give you the glory, we give you the honor, and we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Now, week one of our series, we said that our sermon was about why God shaped you the way he did. And that's not speaking about your physical shape. Because shape is your spiritual gift, your heart or your passion, your abilities, your personality, and your experiences. Amen? We say that God is a God of purpose, and everything he made was made for a purpose. Everything is uniquely designed for its purpose. You are uniquely designed for the purpose for which God created you. It means that you are an original. You are not a carbon copy, uh, so don't try to be a copy of anyone or anything. Continue to be the original that God created you to be. You are fine the way God made you, so just be the way God made you. 
if that is the case, then you are not a mistake. There may be accidental parents, but there are no accidental children. Because God makes people, God is God's creation. And there's no accidental creation, and God doesn't create accidents. Everything about God is intentional. He is intentional. Amen? God is intentional. Everything about you is perfectly designed for you. And I know some of you are saying, Pastor, but what about the person who is born and they, and they don't have any legs and they don't have any feet? You remember we showed you the story of this guy uh, from Australia? No leg, no feet, but still fulfilling purpose. Speaking to, it doesn't matter. God has a purpose for your life regardless of how you look. Amen? And then the second week we spoke about unwrapping our spiritual gift. Speaking about the fact that you're uniquely shaped for his purpose here on earth. That you, as a child of God, have a spiritual gift. You have, a, you have natural gifts, but there are some spiritual gifts that you get from God. When you are born of the Spirit. Now, last week we spoke about following our hearts. When we start living our hearts, significance will become more important than status. That meaning will become more important than money. And purpose becomes more important than prosperity. Let me tell you this. If you live in a life of purpose, you will have greater joy than if you're just living life to have money. And I'm not telling you that money is not good. Money is good. But it is not good as living out purpose. The best life you can live is not a rich life. It's a purposeful life. A purposeful life is the richest life. The best anything in this life can be is when it's, it maximizes its purpose. One of the worst things in life is to have anything at all that is never used to its full capacity. Can you imagine if someone bought a, 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 a Mercedes Benz? Brand new 2021 Mercedes Benz. They purchase it and they put it at their house and they put uh, their, their pet cat to live in it. And you see that. You would immediately, you'd think like something is wrong with that person. You'd say two things. Either they're losing their mind or they are very wasteful. Why would you, in fact, many of us are looking and say, before them give me the car, let me show them how to deal with it. That's how purpose looks when our things look when they are not fulfilling purpose. It looks like the person has lost their mind or they are wasting something way more valuable and others look at them and say, if that were me, I would do X, Y, and Z. So don't be like that Mercedes Benz with the cat in it. Amen? But as we speak about ability, using your ability this morning, I hear people say all the time, I don't have any talents. I hear people say, I am not talented. But I want you to know the average human from scientific studies, has 500 to 800 abilities. You 
sitting here this morning, watching online, have a minimum of 500 abilities. There are at least 500 things that you can do well. You just have not tried some of them yet. You have not hit the jackpot yet. Because if you find that ability that you're so good at, that people pay you to do it, some things will begin to change in your life. And so part of life is, is trying out these abilities to see which one we are so good at. That we, when we start doing it, people say, you do it so well, I'm going to pay you to do it. Like Lionel Messi. Like Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt tried cricket. And the coach Simon said, listen, you have an ability to run the 400. To run the 800. And Usain Bolt used to run. He moved from playing cricket to running 400. To running 200. To running just 100. And when he, he never hit the jackpot with 800, he never hit the jackpot with the 400, but he hit the jackpot with the 100. Meaning, that one thing that he could do better than everybody else is the reason why so many people know him. We all have abilities. In fact, school teaches us that. Because in school... We don't learn the same way. In fact, studies show that there are nine kinds of intelligence. And so because there are nine kinds of intelligence, people, they say, learn nine different ways. They have what they call the naturalist, which is nature smart. You have that. Then you have musical intelligence. Sound smart. Then you have logical intelligence. They call it our mathematical intelligence. Meaning numbers and reasoning smart. So people who are good with math are, are good at reasoning. Then you have interpersonal. People smart. Some people just know how to influence and win people. Then you have linguistic, meaning word smart. When they start talk, they make you pay all five hundred dollar for a CDs. These are the people them say, man, them can sell anything. Jamaican say, you know what Jamaican say? Boy, you're more sweet, sir. Have you ever heard that? Yes, because, and the, the, you know, they say you're full of lyrics, sir. Yes. Then you have intrapersonal smart, which is self smart. You have spatials, uh, uh, smart, which is our intelligent, which is picture smart. And, and these people normally do art and all of these things. The teachers know some of these things very well. You have bodily, smart. So all of these different kinds of intelligence are the different ways that people learn and the different areas that people are gifted in. 
And that is why some people are so good at music. They play any instrument. They can understand certain things musically and you can't. But give those persons numbers, they are lost. But when you get numbers, I mean you're excited. You put some of those very good musical persons in front of people to stop, to talk, they can't manage it. Then you have some persons, they are so good logically. But, I mean, them go around and people fool them because them don't street smart. So you realize that even your ability to negotiate is an ability that God gives you. You, you hear what to call it? Your ability to use your words to get somebody to change the price and get the real price is an ability that you have to reason and think things before you purchase that many people don't have. And you, see, you, don't, you don't give it anything. You could start a business. You could say, listen, come to me and I'll, and I'll teach you how to be a good negotiator. You could be earning from teaching people how to negotiate deals well. Amen? But here's the thing. You don't think that that is a God-given ability. So you don't think it's an idea for business or to use to bless others. There's some of you can look at stuff and pull from it all that is really behind the scenes. So when you look at the picture of the church, you can identify several things that needs to be adjusted. So someone will walk in here and say, hold on, hold on. And look at your camera. You need to change the camera angle. Because when you do your camera angle that way, the light don't reflect all of those things. And you're thinking like, really? You understand me? You just know that there's a camera inside the church. That's an ability that someone has that can be used to bring blessing to others and blessing in their own life. Are you following me this morning? So here's how this works. I'm going to share you a story. Once upon a time, there were some animals who decided to start a school for animals. So they decided the courses would include running, climbing, swimming, and flying. Then they decided that all the animals should take all the courses. And that's where the problem started. The duck was better than his teacher at swimming. But he only made the passing grades in flying. And he was very poor in running. So they made him jump, sorry, they made him drop swimming and stay after school to practice running. This caused his web feet to be badly worn and his grades dropped to average in swimming. But everybody felt less threatened and more comfortable with that, except the duck. The rabbit started at the top of his class in running. But because of so much makeup work in swimming, he caught pneumonia and had to drop out of school. The squirrel showed outstanding ability in climbing, but he was extremely frustrated in flying class because the teacher insisted that he start from the ground up rather than from the treetop down. He strained a few muscles 
from overextension. And so he only got a C in climbing and a D in running. The eagle was a problem student and was disciplined for being a non-conformist. For instance, in climbing classes, he beat all the others to the top of the tree, but he insisted on using his own way to get there. Finally, because he refused to participate in swimming class, he was expelled from the school. Do you get the moral of the story? Do what you're good at, though. Develop your strength. The problem is that life teaches us to develop our weakness at the expense of our strength. Imagine if Usain Bolt decided that he was going to practice long jumping and spend less time practicing his start in the 100 meters. What they did is the work on his sprinting. In fact, the things that he couldn't do well, like the 400, he dropped out of that. On Wednesday in Bible study, I said, when Jesus made the lame man, the man who was at the pool, was paralyzed for 30 years. He said, man, get up and move and walk. Sometimes you have to walk away from some things to walk into your thing. By walking away, don't fight learning it at the expense of doing what you're already gifted by God to do. Amen? See, because your abilities are like a map to God's will in your life. God will equip you with all you need for doing his will. And so you give God glory when you use your gifts in the way he gave them to you. Right? So if God asks you to do something, he always gives you the ability to do it. If he asks you to do it, he gives you the ability to do it. So how do you decide what you're supposed to do with your life? What class should I take? Who should I marry? What kind of career should I be in? If you want to know that, simply look at your shape. Look at how God shaped you. Because it will point you in the right direction. When you want to know who to marry, don't look at who other people marry. Look at how God shaped you. Look at what God purposed you for. Look at all of those things. Look at your spiritual gift. Look at your heart, your passion, your ability, your personality, and your experience. Look at how God shaped you. And that will point you in that direction. In fact, here are some abilities mentioned in the Bible that God uses and he blesses. Athletic ability. Artistic ability. All of these are in the Bible. Architectural ability, administrating ability, baking ability is in the Bible, boat building is in the Bible, candy making is in the Bible, debating is in the Bible, designing is in the Bible, embalming 
is in, in the Bible. Embroidery is in, in the Bible. Engraving is in the Bible. Poetic ability in the Bible. Farming is in the Bible. Fishing is in the Bible. Gardening is in the Bible. Leading is in the Bible. Managing is in the Bible. Masonry is in the Bible. Molding in the Bible. Musical ability in the Bible. Making weapons in the Bible. Needlework in the Bible. Painting in the Bible. Planning in the Bible. Playing Game Boy in the Bible. Inventing ability in the Bible. Carpentry in the Bible. Sailing in the Bible. Sculpting in the Bible. Selling in the Bible. Shepherding in the Bible. Singing in the Bible. Soldering in the Bible. Songwriting in the Bible. Tailoring in the Bible. Teaching in the Bible. Tent making in the Bible. Writing and on and on and on in the Bible. So if you have nothing to do, it's because you want to do nothing. Because you have ability. And your ability match your call. That's what people say, I'm called of God into ministry. Every believer is called by God into ministry. First, we have salvation, and second, we have service. If you're a child of God, you're a minister unto God. God wants you to use your ability. You know that many of you could be baking and giving kids stuff? Like, like when I think about this pandemic, some of you are baking. And maybe you can't make, but you know, if you start baking and giving some kids, you walk in the neighborhood and say, listen, I baked some toto. The kids are at home. And you start giving it to your neighbors. They probably start buying less groceries and say, listen, why don't you bake six? And all of a sudden, instead of your neighbor going to the supermarket to buy grocery, they're buying your toto because the kids stayed at home to learn. Some of you are very good at making tongue. You, you, you know how to make the tongue taste good. And all you need to do is get some bottles, make your tongue and put it in there and start giving it away free. And maybe somebody say, hey, your damn tongue your taste, taste good. What is your recipe? No, just buy it. <laughs> Maybe not making talk because that is something else. Maybe something. Listen, I, I'll tell you how no people have. No, you, listen, my kids. You find it funny, but it's so real. Because my kids, we, we, we buy this iced tea thing, that, that iced tea. So my wife is away, and I decided I'm going to put a whole heap of different things in the iced tea. I just, you know, when I mix it, mixing juice, if, if it's liquid, it can go in direct for personal adoping. You understand me? But <laughs> once I'm making it and I see, like, you know, other things, I just drop a little sugar, drop a little honey, drop a little, every little thing in it. You understand me? So, so, I realize that the juice is in your longer than normal because they, they normally drink a bottle like in, in, a, in a day or two. 
and it this this one lasted. So I'm thinking I'm doing a good job because boy, I made this song on Tuesday, and my wife have come back and still in the bottle, man. I really managing the thing well. So, so when she came, she said they, they said to her, um, if if it is the same, if the same, I see <laughs> problem. <laughs> I, I, I said a conversation about what I made. Anyway, she said, no, that is the end of it. And then I said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so, but what's the point? In other words, she made the iced tea and they like it. I made it and they didn't. So we take it simple, but it's something that some people do better than others. Amen? So begin to look at your abilities. How do you know what your calling is? What am I able to do and what God wants to do, wants me to do with my life? All right? So I'm going to talk about our abilities. And number one, my abilities are to be used to honor God. That's, a, that's the first thing you need to know. Whatever those abilities are, they are to be used to honor God. God. Your abilities are to be used to honor God. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31 says this. Therefore, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. In other words, every ability that you have can be used to give glory to God. Amen? We started a podcast in this church because a teenager has the ability to go on computers and test out things. And on his own, he did that. He researched, he looked, and he did that. We do videos because of the teenagers. They go on it. In fact, I challenge them. I say, listen, you are teenagers. Go and find out what other ways you can make it better than how it is. Research. Because you never know, it could be that one day you're doing this and somebody's getting married. They see the videos and they say, man, I love the videos from the church. And they say to you, can you come to my wedding and do the video in for me and they pay you for doing it. You never know what doors, so don't undermine and undervalue the gifts that God has given you. Amen. You see, use it for the glory of God. Every ability can be used for God's glory. They are all important. All of them are important. Listen, I know it because combing here is not a hard thing. But there are many females who are not good at it. So they pay somebody to comb their daughters here. Who would think that people would make money from from putting, what I call it, tiny bumps in here. I can come here. I know. You oil it. You part it. You get three parts of it, and you twist, and you turn it. And you, you're in, you're, you weave it. In, you're out. Next one, in, you're out. If I had a daughter, I'd come her here. You can honor God by repairing cars. You can honor God by balancing books. You can honor God by making music. You can honor God by making meals. 
You can honor God by making mouse traps. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. My abilities are also to be used to serve others. First Peter 4 verse 10 says, God has given each of you some special ability. Be sure to use them. First Peter 4 verse 10. God, let me read it from this translation for you. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. One translation said, God has given each of you some special ability. Be sure to use them. Nobody is good at everything. So you need me, and I need you. That's why you need a small group, and why you need a church family. Because we need each other, so our gifts can be used to serve one another. You see, the key to success is to build on our strength, and to team up with people who are good at what we are not good at. And that's what the church will have to do. The church will have to get to a place at some point. The world is going to get so evil that we're going to have to pull on each other's resources. And so we're going to have to be a real community. In other words, a time is coming when for you to do accounting, you're going to have to find some people in your church. You're going to have to have, when you need to get medical treatment, you're going to have to find the people in your church because the world and things are going to get so evil that you cannot go to the places and the people in the world for certain stuff anymore because it comes with certain requirements. And that is why God put the gifts in the church. That when, when you have problems with your tooth, there's a dentist. Problem with the eye, there's an optician. When you need to build, there's a carpenter, a mason, a builder, an engineer. God puts those abilities in the church because as things get tougher and rougher, what is going to happen is that the world is going to say, if you don't subscribe to this, we can't serve you. They're going to say, no, you have to serve the devil. You have to give up your faith. You have to turn your back on God for us to really. You understand me? And then we're going to have to depend more and rely on each other. So I need you and you need me. And that is why even in marriage, marriage is not for us to complete each other. It's for us to complement one another. And what that means is there are some things that my wife is way better than me at. And so we complement each other. Amen? So, even with our kids, she's, how she helps them with their homework is different from how I do. But they need both. There's a time when they need her soft touch. But there's a time when they need me with a ruler in my hand when they get things wrong. And both are important to their education. We come Complement each other. So she don't like ironing. And even in the simple things, she don't like the iron stuff. So God has just brought two people together where one loves to iron and the other don't. So that we don't have to pay for stuff to be ironed. 
even in the simple detail. You know, there are marriages where one person is better financially managing those stuff than the other. In other words, if, if that one person were in charge of the money, there would be no money. And God just put them, and if they had somebody else just like them, they would be moneyless. So God put them with someone who is a good money manager because God knows that money manages them. God is, listen, God is so intentional in all his work. Number three, my abilities are to be used to make a living. God wants you, in a sense, wants you to use your ability to be self-supporting. What I mean by that is that you don't have to, you know, get up and be depending on people and stuff. But you can work with your hands because of the gift that God has given you. Deuteronomy 8 verse 18 says, Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who, he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. How does that work? He gives you the ability to produce wealth because he gives you uh, different abilities to use. And when you use those abilities, wealth comes into your life. We can make money to the glory of God using our ability. And if we are honoring him, if we are grateful, if we are tithing, if we are living ethically, we are doing it for his glory. Let me say that again because I don't want you to think like there's a problem with money. If you are making money to the glory of God, bless the Lord. Whatever you do, do, do it all for the glory of God. So if we are honoring him, if we are being grateful, if we are tithing, if we are living ethically, we are doing it for the glory of God. When you remove these things from it, you are doing it for your own glory. So what is the purpose of me using my gift? To bring God glory. And if I get millions and billions from it, I must be grateful to God. I must be tithing to God, and I must live, must live ethically. In other words, whatever money I make from my ability should not become more greater than the God who has given me the ability. And I think that is a problem. Many times what happens is that money sometimes causes many people to misuse their ability. Because they get so caught up. And you have to keep such a balanced life that do, that doesn't happen to you. Amen? Number four. My abilities are to be used to be an example to others. First Timothy 4.15. Put these abilities to work. Come on, say that with me. Come on, say that with me. Say, put these abilities to work. Church, I'm, I'm challenging you because... I, I said to my, by, by the time my sons are 16, I want them to be operating their own business. It may be very small, but what are, whatever they are good at, even if, I mean, whatever it is, it could be a small thing. It could be friend planting and bringing it to school and selling. I don't know what it is. But here's what. We, we for too long as a people have been telling our kids to use your ability to make other people wealthy. And so we train our kids to work for people. So when we're sending them to school, we send them say, you need to be 
something where people go employ you. Do this job on this job. And we have to, we have, and that is fine, that is fine. Don't get me wrong, nothing's wrong with that. But we also have to understand that we look at our kids and we see God's gift in them. We say, listen, you need to give God glory with this ability. And if you put it before God and make yourself available to God, listen, whatever you'd get working at a bank, whatever you'd get working there, listen, God can give it to you if you use this ability. And as your parent, we're going to train you in the way you're supposed to go with this ability. We're going to bring these things into your life and help to make you so good at it that you earn from it. I know sometimes it may not be the kind of work that you think. Because in your head, you know, you fail at being a doctor. So you want your kids to be a doctor. Probably you never made it as the teacher. So you want your kids to be a teacher. And so instead of helping to identify what they are good at and let them be good at it and help them to be the best at it, we try to make them do what we never did. Become what we couldn't. And it frustrates them. And oftentimes destroy our relationship with them. Find out what their abilities are. You know, there, there, there are other kids during Usain Bolt's time, they said, who were faster than him at William Nib. And they said the parents told them to focus on the schoolwork. Because there's no money in track and field. Which is true, which is true. Which is true. You know, they had a, a, a Brazilian footballer called Ronaldo. Scored many goals for Brazil. You know, they used to tell him to go to school and stop playing football because he would not make it and there was no money in football. You know how many of the persons that the YouTube and the WhatsApp, some of these people never ever finished college? And the Facebook and stuff. They never drop out, drop, out, drop out of school and college. Couldn't bother with it. Waste of time. Hey, listen, go to college, right? If that's what God wants you to do. But whatever you do, do it to the glory of the Lord. Scripture says, put these abilities to work. Throw yourself into your task. So that everyone may notice your improvement and progress. You see, God wants people to know that his children are the best workers on the planet. God wants people to see that as his children, um, his children are reliable, they are hardworking, they have integrity, they are dependable, and they are skilled. If you are a child of God, when you walk into that workplace, every promotion they're supposed to call your name. Because you are listen. Listen, let me, let me, listen. Let me, let me tell you. When you're a believer and you start work, listen, the only thing that's supposed to stop you is a bad mind. Not bad attitude. Let, let me say it again. It must be people bad mind you. It can't be that you have the wrong attitude. You're a Christian. When you start working, people say, listen, oh, you, last week, listen, promotion. You, this, this is a reliable person. They don't have the qualifications, but they are reliable. They are trustworthy, full of integrity. They are very dependable. They are very teachable. They are humble. Promote them. And if that is not happening, something is wrong with our faith. If when promotion comes, they say, who oh, that the one there? 
Then do him come work on time. Supervise who? Lazy like one. <laughs> you, you, you know what is a common thing? And, and I, don't, I don't want to believe this, but many people say, they don't want to hire a Christian because I be a problem them give. They want to come to your workplace and tell them about Hallelujah, Jesus. Me need to go read my Bible and pray. And, and lunchtime gone, two hours. What you doing? I want me to have to pray and bind up some demon in this place. You have to honor those you work for. Part of your promotion in this life is being a good and reliable. That's what God expects. Because our work, we are supposed to be an example to ever others. Amen? My abilities, number five, are to be used to, to have money to share. Have money to share. That means you have more than enough. Amen? It says, let him who stole, steal no longer. But rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. So I want you to work very hard, you know, so you can have something to give me in need. Because I want to work hard so that if you have need, I can have something to give you. So we need to work hard so we can have enough. So when other persons in the church have need, we can help them. Because the person who helped you today may fall on hard times tomorrow. Where are they going to get help from if you don't start working? We can't depend on one group of people because everybody goes through hardship. Somebody asked a billionaire once, how much do you need? Billionaire, ask a billionaire, how much money do you need? And, and, and because of what he was thinking, and they, they never understood it, you can want more money. You think you're selfish? So because they said, listen, I want to keep on giving. So I want more money. You see, Many people say they know. Some of you say, boy, you're a billionaire. Leave some of the money to certain people. He said, no, because I know that I give billions out of my billions. So the more I have is the more I'm going to give. Materialism is when you, have, you haven't learned to live within your income. That's materialism. When you haven't learned to live within your income. If you're not living within your income, you are materialistic. Let me, let me say it again because I'm speaking to somebody in here. If you're living above your means or above your paycheck, you are materialistic. If you're working and not saving right now, it's not because you can't save. It's because you don't want to save. Let me, let me help you again. If you're working right now and you're not saving, let me talk to the people online. If you're working right now, and you are not saving. 
is because you don't want to see it. So the billionaire was really teaching them, you keep working, but now you're making it to give away. You're making it to share with other people. Deuteronomy 15, 10 to 11, I'm going to close shortly. 10 to 11. This is a message Bible. It says, give freely and spontaneously. Don't have a stingy heart. It says, the way you handle matters like this triggers God. Your God's blessing in everything you do, all your work and ventures. There are always going to be poor and needy people among you. So I command you, always be generous. Open purse and hands. Hallelujah. I thank, I thank God it's a purse and not wallet. <laughs> Open purse. Wait Can I hear the men say open purse? Open purse and hands. Give to your neighbors in trouble. Your poor and hurting neighbors. How many of you would like God's blessing in everything you do, in all your work, and in all your venture? I don't know about you, but that's me. I want God's blessing in everything I do. And one thing, generosity triggers God's blessing. Why? Because God is generous, and you can't outgive God. Amen? Number six, my abilities are to be used to build up the church. What is the church? The church is the family of God. And when God gives you the ability, you have to use them to build up God's church. The abilities that God gives you, they're supposed to be used in the church to build up God's church. Ephesians 4 verse 16, uh, it, it, it says this, Under his direction, the whole body is fitted together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. The abilities that you use in your work, they are needed at church. Let me say that again. If you're doing it for the world, you can do it for God. Because if you can't do it for God, you shouldn't be doing it for the world. Amen? If the work that you're doing, you can't do it for the glory of God, you shouldn't be doing it. And if you're doing it, if you can do it for the glory of God, then do it in the church as well. Hallelujah. You see, there's no talent that we have that cannot be used in this church. In fact, God places specific talents in each church. You'll go to some churches. And they have, like, so many musicians. They can send musicians. You ever notice that? That there are some churches have musicians that they can send to other churches. You go to a next church, they have singers. So many singers. They could send singers all over. A next church have so many preachers. Like, like churches have some very unique and specific talent. You come to church on the rock, you realize that so many persons are teachers and working in the business sector. Like there's a, there's a, how God forms the church and puts the pieces together. It's so unique and special. 
But have you ever thought about why am I here? Why are you here? When you don't volunteer and use your talent, I get cheated. The church gets cheated. We all get cheated. What if you don't use it? And this is the damning thing. What if you don't use your talent? Here's what Matthew 28 verse 25 says. If you're not using your talent, you're not using that ability. It says, take the talent from him who didn't use it and give it to the one who has ten talents. So let's close quickly. How do you use your abilities the way God wants you to use them? You estimate them. As your spiritual teacher, I give this piece of advice to each of you. Don't cherish exaggerated ideas of yourself or your importance, but try to have a sane estimate of your capabilities by the light of the faith that God has given to you all. Then you dedicate them. Brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, in view of all, we have just shared about God's compassion. I encourage you to offer your bodies as living sacrifices dedicated to God and pleasing to him. This kind of worship is appropriate for you. 2 Timothy 2, 21. If you stay away from sin, you'll be like one of the dishes made for purest gold, the very best in the house, so that Christ can use you for his highest purpose. If you stay away from sin, if you stay away from sin, if you stay away from sin, God can use you for his highest purpose. Amen? You can use your God-given ability for the wrong purpose. Like Samson. So what Samson did? Samson used his God-given ability for the wrong purpose. And it ended up costing his life. Finally, you cultivate them. And that means you practice, you improve, you sharpen, you develop our abilities. People think I'm very good at sound. I'm, I'm not a sound tech, but I practice. And when I was asked to do it in the church, I started reading books about it. I went online and I did stuff. And so when I, when I engage people in ministry, even the young persons who I engage, I said, listen, don't just come to church and do it. Read up about it. If you're doing it, then go and learn as much. Just get to know it. Be good. If, if you're on the praise and worship team, don't just come to sing song. Go and learn about voice training. Find stuff. Find how people, what, what people do to sing high sopranos, low sopranos. Go, go and study. Practice. Develop the stuff. Sharpen it. Because you just don't know if that is what will cause you to hit the jackpot. While you have time, develop it. If you're an usher, listen, find out, read books. The only thing I love about Brother Wade is that, I mean, he, he reads books about ushering, armor-bearing, and stuff. Always reading material about that. You think like, that's just an usher. You just, you just come to church and stand up. And, wait, what, what hard is not being an usher? What, what, are they, what really hard? More than you come to church in a black and white for first Sunday and you stand up. What else you do? And you pack up chairs. What we need to go read to go pack up chairs. But there's the letter of the law and there's the spirit of the law. You see, you can serve according to uh, the law or you can serve according to the spirit. 
And you need to understand the spirit of what you're doing. So that when you serve, you serve in the spirit. Amen? Ecclesiastes 10.10 If the axe is dull and its edge is unsharp, more strength is needed. But skill will bring success. You have to sharpen your axe. You have to sharpen your ability. Or else you can't cut down no tree. So God has made an enormous investment in you and in you and in you. Enormous investment. He created you. He shaped you. He sent Jesus to die for you. He expects a return on the investment. He's going to ask you one day, what did you do with what you were given? When the master comes and finds him doing the work he gave him, it will be a day of blessing for that servant. That's the word of God. What are you doing with what God has given you? Listen, if you have a voice for TV, make some videos for the church of God. Call people and say, listen, I can do voiceovers for you. Begin to do stuff. If, if you're very good at drawing stuff, listen, I was going to ask Brother Kenrick to bring his, his, the, the man making furniture. I know it sounds funny. And if I brought it here, I could sell it to you for a lot of money. You would not know that is 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 Casey's furniture shop. Casey and Jojo furniture shop. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> Listen. I see the man take out saw and wood and all of that. The man vanish. Listen. He's doing a pulse ring. The man make all pad and put on them. Dining cheer. Yeah. Then he makes some small stool. Then one day, you know, I see the family come down and everything, and the man eat some food. The man take out him table, him look, stole them, and put down, and everybody sit down. And I'm saying that I need to let people see this. I don't know where he learned it, but the man play guitar. When I have like homework, like this, the school say make a bus, the school say make a plane, every school say make the Titanic. I say, Brother Kenrick, what I need? And he say, all right, pass by that and that and that. I go so back. And Brother Kenrick builds it. I'm telling you, if, if the school say make all the organs in the human body, Brother Kenrick builds it. They say, build a running truck. He builds it. That's an ability. Listen, do you know that there are many parents who search for people and pay people $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 to make these things? But we just see them thing there. Just a small thing. For you, because it comes naturally. You know, there are many of you who could babysit some people six and seven year old and do your school there. Just recently I told a teenager, called me from and I said, listen, here's what you do. Start a business. You're going to university and you're doing homeschool. Start a business and make some flyers and some cards. And say to parents in your community, listen, I realize that you're not going to work and you need to go to work. I can come and stay with your kids and do my school there and you just pay me to stay with them. In other words, and I said to you, here's what you're going to do. You're going to save a heap of data you're buying. You're going to use them light 
You're going to use them water. You're going to eat for them food. You're used to them internet. And them paying you on top of it. Because here's what. They already think that you're intelligent. They already know that you can teach their kids. They already know that you are decent and well-behaved and well-mannered. So some of us struggle because we want to struggle. Come on. Wait, just stand. Let me, let me, let's pray together right now because I want to pray that you'll begin to use your abilities to bring glory to God. Amen. Come on, just stand with me and just lift your hands up. A sign of surrender to the Lord this morning. We won't be like Samson who use our abilities, use our abilities for the wrong reason. Come on, just lift your hands with me. The eyes closed, just lift your hands with me. I want you to pray this very simple prayer with me. Say, Lord, I want to thank you right now. Thank you for the abilities you have given me. God, I don't even know all the abilities I have, but I thank you for them. Help me to discover them. Today, I dedicate them back to you. I want to use what you have given me for your purpose. I want to cultivate them. I want to get better at what I am doing. I want to honor you by being the best I can be. I want to use my abilities to honor you, to serve others, to make a living, to be an example. I want to use my abilities to have money to share with those who are poor, and to help my church grow and reach out. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands for him this morning. Listen, let me just say this before you leave. Some of you in here, God is going to cause you to be in a place where people with abilities are going to come to you. And you... Your mind is able to put an idea into business, into efficient and effective business. You're an advisor. So ask God to use you as a godly advisor to bring out the abilities in his people. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the day.